0: The free-for-all roundtable.
1: Brought to you by Lexus Vaughan, Canada's newest Lexus dealer, near Canada's wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think.
0: Round one.
1: On round one, Tim Hudak is here, former leader of the Ontario Conservatives. He's now at the Ontario Real Estate Association. Mark Warner is an international trade lawyer. Tamara Cherry is the author of The Trauma Beat, and she's with Pickup Communications. Let's start in a silly place this morning, actually, or maybe it isn't so silly. Toronto Catholic teachers are asking to work from home for safety on the day of the solar eclipse. Tamara, I'll start with you. I don't know when we started becoming so precious about a solar eclipse.
0: Is this a piece of satire, John? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Honestly. Like, I, when I saw this this morning, I was like, am I reading the Beaverton? What is going on? I had no problem with teachers switching their PA days or PD days, whatever they're called, um, you know, just to make sure that the little ones don't accidentally stare up at the sun as they're stepping onto the school bus. But come on, teachers. We are not talking about a solar eclipse that will put your safety at risk for the span of several hours throughout the day. We are talking about something, hold on, I wrote this down, that will last anywhere from 10 seconds to seven and a half minutes. And seven and a half minutes being on the high end that we're expecting to see in the year 2186. Give me a freaking break. Um, I think that I might also be a little bit riled up over this because as you know, John, I'm talking to you from Saskatchewan. And in Saskatchewan, we've been dealing with rolling strikes and various other job actions for the last several weeks now. And teachers here are are calling for more support for really serious issues. I think that this is a mistake by the Catholic school board in Toronto to make this a big news issue, because it makes it less likely for people to take them serious when they come to the, to the table with serious issues of which I'm sure there are many.
1: Yeah, Mark Warner, it just seems like we're behaving like an uncontacted Brazilian
2: tribe about this solar <laughs> eclipse. <laughs> I think that's true, but I mean, it's uh, isn't it part and parcel of the times? I mean, people will look for any excuse to work from home. Uh, people have the, uh, you know, have a heightened sensitivity about any anything that uh, that's a bit unusual in terms of the workspace and uh, work conditions. So um, I, I guess someone's got to say no at some point. If you don't say no, the, the list of these demands will expand and. If I'm a teacher, I'm going to think there's not a lot of record of governments or school boards actually saying no to these people, so why not ask, right? If you don't ask, you don't get. Isn't there some you learn early in life? And Tim Hudak, this is your board, isn't it? <laughs>
3: Sadly, sadly and embarrassingly so, John. You know, let's get to the core of the issue. This clearly reflects that we do not have enough science teachers in our schools because there's no possible way, John, no possible way for your typical music or math or English or history teacher to figure out how to avoid looking at the sun for those critical 10 seconds. I I worry about all of our teachers being permanently blinded without a science teacher to guide them along the way. This is just ridiculous. It's embarrassing. And I, I tell you, John, I mean, coming from a family of teachers, my dad, my mom, my sister, they decry they decried how the unions have lowered the regard for teachers as professionals. Classroom teachers feel the same way. This is an embarrassment to the board of which I am part, but also an
1: embarrassment to the professionalism of teachers. Okay, let me stick with you, Tim, because this is definitely in your wheelhouse. It's about real estate. It's about living conditions. Uh, Toronto is looking at adopting laws and rules from Hamilton to prevent rent eviction. Is this going to work? Because it sounds pretty technical.
3: It, it, look, it, it, it may in the short term. I worry in the long run. So, why are we having so many problems on on the rental side? We have a lack of supply, and we have a particular concern here when it comes to mom and pop landlords, who John are, are not investing in rental supply, which actually would enable renters to choose, you know, any neighborhood in any city in the province. Because the deck is stacked against the landlord tenant board is a, is a mess. The pendulum has swung hard against the mom and pop landlords, and there was a process, and they say you know why should i invest into a rental place when i can get it trash and not recover payment for years so i worry that these additional restrictions are actually make it less less of an incentive to invest in rental housing in the first place my second point it, it is an issue there's no doubt but you need a province wide solution i don't like the notion of a municipality by municipality quilt work i think there should be clear and enforceable provincial legislation to get a fair and balanced approach on this issue. Mark
1: Warner, sometimes they genuinely are renovating. Other times they'll just throw up a coat of paint and then double the rent for the next tenant and not go back to the original tenant. But does the city have a role to play here?
2: Um, I guess so I, I, it's just it's one of these things where you know when you start talking about rental supply it's really dodgy because you know we had a period before you know with rent controls where they were much more um, uh, stringent um, when people just wouldn't uh, wouldn't um, invest in improvements and, and what you don't want to create is, is slum conditions you know uh, in a situation like that so you want to keep an incentive. For people to keep the quality up, and and I, I, you know, it's a classic thing, and the devil's in the details. How do you draw this up? And and I just don't know that the you know municipal governments are particularly good at at sculpting the kind of things with that kind of precision. And you end up having yeah. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I'd want to see what this would look like when it came through the Toronto City Council. That's where it had to go through. Um, But in principle, sure, if you could give me a reasonable set of people who knew what they were doing. uh, I would say sure, but that's not kind of what we're governed by.
1: Yeah, and it's a related file, but Tamara Cherry, I was listening to a report yesterday and I can't remember the jurisdiction, but they were coming up with an anti-house flipping law and it occurred to me, I mean in some ways house flipping is very healthy. You take a beat up old place, you fix the plumbing, you fix the electricity, you redo the walls and it becomes a better house and that's just a process that needs to happen. Maybe it also needs to happen in rentals
0: and presumably there's somebody on the other side of that sale who wants to buy a nicer house that they don't need to flip themselves. Um, Yes, there's absolutely people in the rental market who are like that, and To uh, Tim's point, my husband and I are those mom-and-pop landlords in the GTA. We have a couple of properties, and something that hasn't been talked about in this, and and I should just point out that we would absolutely not ever renovate our tenants, um, but we have been getting our butts kicked by interest rates. And and mom-and-pop landlords um, who were paying... You know, I I don't even know. Let, let's just say somebody was paying a thousand dollars a month on a mortgage payment on some little property somewhere in the GTA. I mean, that's very unlikely. Uh, a few years ago, they're now paying like two thousand dollars a month. Like it, and but the but you can't put up the the rent to match that. So I do I do actually sympathize with some people who are turning to this to try to make more money just to cover their. Their uh, rent and, and or just to cover their mortgage payments. but I, I I just I don't like the red tape in the long in the long term. They do need to deal with this now, as Tim was saying. but I think as a landlord, as somebody who's wanting to do major renovations at some point, do I need to pay an engineer to write a letter for me to take to City hall? It's just there's already so much red tape, and I do think that this will push people away from getting these properties that people, by the way, need to rent.
1: An investigative report alleges that management at Shoppers Drug Mart were putting pressure on pharmacists to ring up clients and ask them about their medication. And it sounds like a really great idea. You know, you're on three or more medications. Maybe you should have an extended chat with a pharmacist. But uh, Mark Warner, I'll start with you. Uh, Apparently, it pays 75 bucks, so it was a real money earner for Shoppers Drug Mart.
2: Yeah, this is the the old thing about it, unintended consequences when you when you make policy, right? You've got to figure it out. I, I mean, I'm not familiar with this particular program, but what I have uh, observed with um, you know, with drug with the with the pharmacies is this incentive. Now that we've allowed them to sort of write certain prescriptions, is that there does seem to be an incentive to sort of switch you over from your doctor over to the pharmacy? I guess because the pharmacy gets the payment for that, and um. I'm not so you know it's always one of these questions every time you do an innovation you've really got to sit through and and think through the incentives I, I um i have wondered for myself about some of the incentives that have been placed on the on the part of the pharmacies in this process and uh, i guess we're going to have a phase two analysis of this at some point and correct some a lot of these problems
1: worth noting tim hudak 75 bucks for this one phone call in patient uh, or in office visit by a patient to a family doctor 38 bucks
3: uh, look, I think that uh, Shoppers Drug Mart has caught a bit of the Loblaws contagion uh, here in, in looking like ripping off uh, consumers. And uh, Shoppers I frequent, I'm, I'm saddened by, by this uh, by this story, John. I, I mean, this is the second time they've had their hand caught out. I, I don't like the idea of drug companies, sorry, insurance companies forcing everybody on a plan to go to one particular drugstore either. I think there should be patient choice. Shoppers was caught up in that. Look, the main thing I take from this, I'm pleased to see the pharmacist pushing back. I've always been a supporter in politics and outside of it that we should empower pharmacists more. I'm happy to see some ideas that I used to campaign upon to get more services like shots and diagnoses for simple conditions from the pharmacy. So I put a big circle on the pharmacy. Good for you in pushing back against shoppers, taking advantage of customers. I salute them for that. We've tried to do that in real estate, to raise the bar, higher professional standards, more powers to kick out bad actors. I'm glad to see the pharmacist doing the same.
1: Okay, I want to hop to one last topic, and Tamara Cherry, it's, uh, maybe it's only me who has an abiding curiosity about how you know legislatures and houses of assembly i did not know queen's park was about to close for renovations and apparently we're looking for new facilities and i don't know where they're going to end up
0: i mean they could move into some uh toronto catholic schools they're going to be vacant for a little while If, if we have more solar eclipses coming our way anyway just make sure that we send them with the special sunglasses I, you know, <laughs> I, that's all I really have to say on that. Okay. Well, Tim, you spent time
1: at Queen's Park. It's, it is a bit of a dump. It is both a
3: a cathedral for democracy and a dump at the same time. I remember how the heat seemed to come on by the time they got the uh, furnaces fired up in in June and July and the air conditioning in December. Look, it's a 131-year-old building. It is due for renovations. Um, And it's going to be odd. I mean, I'd love to be on the inside of this. I remember, you know, at at, uh, St. Mike's and early victory, I went to school. Sometimes we wouldn't go to the parish for mass. We'd have it in the gym. And it just didn't feel the same way. So it's got to feel the same way for Parliament because it is splaring when you're in there. It it does actually, because of its nature, I think impose upon MPPs to act accordingly. So I'm very curious what kind of place other than the church you can actually go and do this version of democracy.
1: Mark Warner, maybe we should do this like they did a school around Eglinton and we could build a condo tower behind it and then the condo developer could
2: renovate the house. That's that's not a bad plan. That's more of a long-term plan. I was thinking, you know, nowadays you really just need a uh, telephone booth. You could find some old uh, movie studio set and get one of those old telephone booths because Parliament doesn't matter anymore, anymore, so let's not kid ourselves. Everything is done by the executive, both in Queen's Park and in Ottawa, and I don't even know why we bother with the rubber stamp proceedings of that kind anymore. If we want to take it seriously, if we started to take Parliament seriously again and let members talk and have the, people bring motions and have people actually bill on the, uh, debate things, yeah, then I'd care where it goes. But I think find a bathroom somewhere, find a telephone booth, that'll do for these guys.
1: Cynical, man. <laughs> Thank you. Tim Hudak, Mark Warner, and Tamara Ch- I call this enemy the Sun. Catch the round table. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010, Toronto.